This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the One Was That A Dream podcast. My name is Lee Finch, the host of the podcast. And as ever, I will be joined by the one and only Danny Baker. On tonight's uh, or today's episode, we are going to be discussing the win against Colchester. Was it the performance or the three points? Then we'll be moving on and discussing the injuries that we have. Is it us or do other teams suffer with injuries as well? Seems to be us quite a lot, so, but we don't know about other teams. Then we'll move on and we'll discuss the new MD, Danny Macklin. Danny Baker will be giving us his views on him and, and we'll probably go through the uh, new person that's investing money. I've got his details, can't remember right now. Uh, and then we'll move on to Black History Month and me and Danny will go through our favourite black players that play for Wimbledon and AFC Wimbledon and go through ones that have changed the face of Wimbledon. There's a couple I can think of straight away, but we'll go through that. And then we'll give you a short preview of the Walsall game. But let me not ramble on too much and introduce Danny Baker. How are we? I'm very well, thank you, Lee. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, good. Not bad, thank you. Very it's well. great, isn't it, actually having a game where we've played a decent amount of football and to go to watch a game of football and come away with a win has been quite rare, particularly at home. But I was chatting to the lads yesterday. Um, one of the lads is a big Chelsea fan and he was watching the bloke, uh, Raphael Leo, his name is, at, what, at Mill, uh, Millwall? Millwall at Milan. He said, it was absolutely, he said he was one of the better players he think he's ever seen at the bridge. So my question to you, and we've probably chatted about it before, but it's always good to reminisce, is which player Wimbledon game has played against you and you thought, Jesus, this player is absolutely mustard. Like I can think of, for me, I can think of three players who I've watched when Wimbledon have played them. And I thought, you are absolutely something different. Um, one was Rio Ferdinand when he played for West Ham Youth against us. Yeah. I remember watching him and thinking, oh, this guy is so good. Like, he was just, everyone was like a Cortina and he was a Ferrari. 
Um, <laughs> Yeboah, that game at Celeste, that game at Celeste where Tony Yeboah scored the two wonder goals, he was absolutely electric. Just watching him play yep. was like poetry in motion. Um, and the other one I really love watching play, and I don't think he played more than once, was Prozanecki. He was the Croatian guy who played at Portsmouth. I'm certain. I was always watching because he was at Barcelona and he was obviously Yugoslavian. I think he might have played in the early 90s for Red Star when they played Marseille in the, the year before it became the Champions League. Um, but he was absolutely stunning. But I was just curious as to anyone you've watched in particular, watched Women and Game and thought, that guy was absolutely class. Yeah, there's a couple. Of, you've obviously got the bit like the Beckhams and things like that, who I didn't think were world class, but they did say against us that was world class kind of thing. You know, like yeah, you said Tony Rowe's goal. What what did he hit? What three in a row weren't it? Liverpool, yeah, us. the Liverpool game scored two or two two against us were stunning. That yeah, I, I still think the Liverpool one's better than the one he scores against Wimbledon. But yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, but uh, for me, Paolo Di Canio. Always love watching him play. Always love that. You know me, yeah. I love a bit of a shit house. So yeah, he's fantastic. He was a proper shit house. His goal against us, I was there for that at West Ham when he volleyed it in. In today's football, it would be ruled offside in VAR. Really? Yeah, if you watch it from it, 100% he's offside, but in line, I didn't see it. Uh, the other one was, oh, what's his name? He used to play for Bradford and he was Italian as well. Benito Carboni. Zito Carboni, I always thought, yes, this is he's a real player. I well. mean, the other guy last year who I just thought was just so good was Bannon. I thought for, yeah. I thought for for in terms of Wimbledon playing, the guy looked like he had the ball on a string. Just watching him play, I was like, I, I don't, I don't really know how we can impact you in this game at all. I just thought he was wonderful on, to watch. You're on twenty five grand a week, League One level. You should. Oh be- no, no, I, I, I'll get that. But it just, yeah. I just watching him, I thought he was stunning yeah. in terms of him playing. Against the Wimbledon team, I was just like, "This is this is totally a, like a, a new level of of class." And another one for me was Ryan Giggs. Yeah, he always he always seemed to do well, didn't he, against us? Always. Even Cantona, I said, "Oh, yeah." God, I was just about Cantona as well. Like you could go through the menu team. You could have like Patrick Vera used to just run at him, and I loved the fact I love watching nineties football where you had the Vieira versus Keynes and Vinnie Jones. There was a clip the other day. Have you seen the Vinnie Jones one when he takes out uh, Roy Keane? Uh, yes. Absolutely- when they're wearing that yellow in the yeah. cafe cup, we lost 3-0, yeah. Yeah, and Keane did not want any of it. And you think Keane's this big hard man that talks about it all the time. Do you know what I mean? He, he went up against loads of them. But you watch, he, Vinnie bangs in that challenge against him. Yeah. He doesn't want a piece of it. Uh and you forget about players like that, Roy Keane, Vieras, because they just run games so well. And they and it was so good to watch. Like, Thierry Henry is another one. You just watch it. I, I Obviously, against Wimbledon, I think we've done all right against him. But remember that goal we scored against Man U? Where he just... A little flick up and volley straight yeah. in the corner. Just, I don't... Do you know what? I don't I don't remember. I'm, I'm pretty... I, I don't ever remember playing against Thierry Henry. It, I, I, I thought we had Bergkamp, Ian Wright. Bergkamp was decent, wasn't he? That, the year when we... Um, when we, we won the one there with a volley. I just remember Mark Hughes used to always turn up against us. Yeah. Always turn up. And Did I you just say it was to... a Wimbledon player that you thought like, was just unreal? For me, the, the, the best player I've seen Wimbledon play that on his day of the league is Rob Ursel. For me, I just I don't think anybody is better. And I've seen Wimbledon and I've seen Lyle Taylor. I've seen Kevin Cooper. The only player I think I, that can get anywhere near for the level that he was playing at the time, for me, 
is Matt Everard. Yeah, Matt Everard was right. outrageous defender, yeah, scored was, but... goals, was outrageous at that standard. No, yeah, but it, I mean, at the standard, at the yeah, standard, not you, overall you, in you that score goals at that standard. No, but what I mean is, in terms of watching a game, yeah. you know, in League One, Lyle Taylor would, you know, I don't think many people are going to argue he was one of, if not the best player we've ever had in terms of the, in the reincarnation of, of our team. He was skillful. He was great. But I'm talking about watching a game of football, the players that we had in that team at that time. Ursel was just like a magician. Like the, the way he kept the ball, the way he, I just thought he was absolutely just watching him. I was just like, what is he going to do next? Kevin Cooper ran through teams. Um, but him and, and Ever, I just thought Everard was stunning as well for, for the standard. And he, and he didn't come from anything particularly high, did he, Everard? He just dominated. He, was he dominated both, both boxes, scored goals, made tackles. It just was... He turned down uh, all the shot. Just did he really? We were at the conference at the time. Yeah, Terry Brown. I think he was... He was right... I mean, for me, he was right up there in terms of on his day was, was a nightmare. The other one, who I honestly... People are going to absolutely, you're, you're going to slag me off here. But the other player who I thought that on his day, I just didn't think he was, I, don't, I think he was unplayable, was Dylan Connolly. He was <laughs> so quick. He was so quick. And just, he'd have the ball and the ball was gone. Oh. People like him, people like St. Louis, you just watch him and like, I don't know where, you, I don't, you know, I don't, I love those sort of quick, nippy, nightmare wingers. Don't do much. No, but when they do do it, they're absolutely class. And you just, I just, Awful. they're the kind of players that I, I look at and think, in terms of footballing ability, at the level that you're at, when you're good, you're untouchable. Your three shouts, right? We just went from like Ryan Giggs, people like, you've gone Ryan Giggs, Dylan Colony, you've gone Rob Ursel and Matt Everard. Absolutely. For the level that we're playing at, you moron. Awful. I'm not going to pick, <laughs> I'm not going to pick Rob Gear, Hakan Mild, and well, Trump Anderson, was, am I? They're worse, yeah. They're even worse. But for you're me, Darren Holloway. There's people like Dean Blackwall. That I thought, Shut up. Are you, you being real here? You're you, having a go at me about Ursula. You're picking Dean. I've got the wrong boots on again and slip Dean over Black, every two minutes. How did he Blackwell. not go on and play a, a better like? Because he couldn't stand up because he kept slipping over every two oh, minutes. Classmate Dean Blackwell loved him. Michael Hughes was another one who went from West Ham to us. And... He would be right up there in the debate. I'd have him and Ursula and I'll, I would open that I'm debate up. I'm another because there's one I've got who is the absolute GOAT, but we'll mention him later on in the show. Oh, will we now? Yeah, 100%. He's the GOAT. He's probably the best player to ever play for Wimbledon. Yeah, Toby Ajala, yeah. Huh? <laughs> who's, who's the guy we had from Palace? we come down from Palace. Not Toby Ajala. Yeah, uh, oh, was he Moroccan? Uh, I had a big... Oh, I know, I mean, Kieran Djali. Yeah, yeah, and again, he came with a good rep, and we were like, okay, this guy's going to be class, and just totally was underwhelming. Yeah, he killed me. Me and him had a massive Twitter spat. I was surprised. And then the other one was... You probably slagged the first one, didn't you? The other one that I had a massive Twitter spat with was Warren Cummings. He absolutely... Oh, yeah, but he was slow, one. wasn't he? He, If we had a debate who's the slowest player, he would be right he, up. He there. tweeted one of the players once saying, uh, boys, what time do we have to be down in the morning? And I said, you might as well sit... I said on Twitter... Get off now. <laughs> I, I tweeted him and said, you might as well sit off now because you're so slow you won't make it for breakfast. And then he... I think he had to go up my weight or something. I think I would. I, I, if I was him, I would have probably laughed at that. He did. No, he did. He used to take the piss out of me big time and came in, and all the boys started yeah, just join the back of the queue, I suppose. 
But you know, yeah, today with the conversation, it was interesting talking to the guys at the Chelsea fan. He was talking about all sorts of people. I was telling him how good Klinsman was when he scored four against us when they won 6-2, when they were terrible that year, they were awful. And they beat us massively at ours, 6-2. Peter Fear got two. Klinsman got four. Um, and it was 6-2. And he just Peter laughed at me. Do you remember Peter Fear would have been a, a, a much better player if he had just stayed out of the boozers or something? I think that applies to applies to you and me, I think. Although, not 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 the, not the boozers. I'd be pizza up. Pizza up, buffet something. Peter Fear made it and played in the Premiership, mate, and scored goals. Uh, yeah, because he could play. I'd, uh, but at the I moment he got released, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, because he would have been a better player if he had just if he had a bit like if there was a bit more professionalism back in them days. Because I remember when Eagle Olsen came in, we talked about him last week. Eagle Olsen come in, the boys didn't take him seriously. They were like out on the piss, like from midday. John Arson used to just get wankered and then come back into training and Eagle Olsen try and tell him something, and he'd be like drunk and tell him to like piss off and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like the professionalism back in them days was like non-existent. But he, we, we chat, we laugh, but that kind of stuff is there's an argument to say it's the reason why we're here like had we not got relegated that year and again this is a much taken on a very big tangent but that year had we not got relegated and we stayed up i don't think what happened would have happened if we were in the premier league i don't think it happens so it's interesting whether that the moment we got relegated we were easy picking when we were in the premier league we weren't um it's professionalism. Like you look at it now, there's people like Depp and Rice and stuff like that. Madison, they don't drink, don't touch it at all. They like a party and stuff. I know Jack Grealish drinks, but do you know what I mean? He, he's one of not many nowadays. You look at Haaland talking about special players and the yeah. way he's just taken over the, the Premier League at the moment, made it made it into a farmers league already in just 50, what twelve games. Mad, isn't it? And uh, yeah, you think the professionalism that they go through and stuff like that, where you think we had Big Fat John. We had like Cole Lieburn, Jesus. People, people that used to just like Peter Fear, as I said, like he'd score a couple of goals in the prim and look all right, but then yeah, he'd be all in the pub sing karaoke on the Saturday after the game. Just shows you how 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 far the game has moved in twenty odd years. Well, it's it mad is. that you think about Wimbledon was twenty years ago. Mm. But there you are, so that was my random question. So Saturday, Colchester, talk to me. I I only watched one off. Of course you did. Which half? The, the good half or the bad I, half? I watched the first half and then oh, I, mate. Did, I had the wife's uh, family come down so we had to go meet them and I was like, I'm actually quite happy about this because the first half was horrendous. I was literally... Yeah. You know what we said before, and We said on last week's pod, three points or the performance. And obviously I said, I don't mind. I don't care if we play really, really shit as long as we get three points, which we did in the end. So I'm happy with that. But that first half was absolute dire. But... Colchester are an awful team as well, so I don't think that helped. What's your, what's your thoughts on it, really? I thought Pell, Pell done well, and he's becoming the player that we want him to be. That again, that shit house gets involved in everything. Yeah, I think I think it was definitely Pell's best game he's had for Wimbledon, and wow, it, it, it was timely because we really needed him to step up. We needed a bit of a physical presence, and I think he it was his better game. Magoma was. Have I we, don't know if you. I don't know if you've been missing. Have we blown smoke up his ass too much from the first few I, games? I think the problem is Lee. I think, and again, it's it is actually my my. You know, as you know, I'm a teacher. It's the worst word in the world for me. Is the word potential. Potential. I hate it because it doesn't mean anything. It means you could be something. You could be amazing. You could be terrible. But there's no doubt that that lad has got the the tools to be quite a capable football player. I think the challenge is, is that he is quite young and he is going to have games where he's drifting in and out of. And I don't know whether he's fully fit. 
to be honest with you. But he definitely, in my opinion, needs a breather, needs a rest. I think Lee Brown has as would have would have benefited one. I think he's now captain. I think that we've he's been he was very good as captain. But I think Woodyard coming back is a huge bonus, and I think we're in a position now where Woodyard coming back frees up Magoma. It means you've got four relatively half decent players in the middle of the pitch for two places, in my opinion. I think he. I think one of the major differences is that we started to play a bit more direct, and I think that's that. The less sort of we're going to pass it around the back, we seem to have kind of stumbled upon it. We're going to be a bit more aggressive. But to be honest with you, the first half was poor. Had we not got what I would say was a relatively dubious first goal, I still think it was a goal, but I don't. I don't quite know whether or not we would have got what we wanted. But I do feel by the end of it, we were the, we were the better team. Yeah. Um, Made it a little bit hard work in the in the end of the second half. I thought Davison worked well. I think he ran around a lot. I think Asal has got to find a way of. I mean, I talk about. I literally had my under ten A's today talking about. It's not. It's not me. It's we. Like, how can I? I know I need to do what I'm doing, but how can I add more to the team? He's got to play deeper and he's got to play wider. My my thing with Asal is I took like Chislet mugged me off a little bit because obviously he sets up the first goal for us, but. First half, I didn't even know he was playing. Who was Al? No, Chislet. Oh, Chislet. No, I'd have Davison uh, and possibly Hudlin up front at the moment and, and, and put a Sal in behind them because Hudlin's going to cause problems. He's going to get pieces, like knockdowns of Sal and stuff like that. He likes to be greedy, which we know, but that's the kind of area you don't mind him being greedy in if he's going to take players on, get shots away and possibly score. I just don't like, I just don't think Chislet's doing enough for me at the moment. He's very inconsistent. And as I said, first half, I thought I, there's not much credit coming out of that team first half. But I just thought I didn't even realise he was on the pitch until I looked to the team. And again, mate, that's the reason why he's a lead two football player. But I'm looking you at know. the bench and you're talking about Paris needs a rest. We only had George Marsh and Alfie Bender on there. They're both very... And, and the thing about Woodyard coming back, all three of them are very defence-minded. And that's why it's quite good that we brought in Courtney Senior. yeah. I don't know. We were talking on the debrief about where does he go? Courtney Senior is a winger. Does does he go in as a right wing back now? Osu's injured, which is uh, total waste of a contract. Osu at the moment. Uh, Ogiandi looks decent. yeah, he looks all right. Looks good. I said to you last week, he can now we can trust him in the Colchester games. Yeah. At first, first off, he was getting absolutely roasted. He was uh-huh. getting destroyed. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a long old day for the kid. But he grew into it. And as he gets. He gets more games under his belt. I think he'll become a better player. I like Lee Brown now, which crazy because a couple of weeks everyone was. But do you know what I mean? Now he's had a couple of good games, yeah. But now he's captain. He looks like he's taken. As I said before, and I've I big him up on this and always have done. Is he talks a hell of a lot during the game? You watch him, yeah. To uh, to Ogindardi, to Will, to uh, what's his name? I always get his name wrong. Ryler, what's his name? Taylor. Taylor. He talks to him and the young lads, and I think now with the youngsters next to him. He has got pace around him now. So if he does kind of make it kind of, we've got people to get back behind him where before, where it was, where it was Pierce, who's quite old himself. Will ain't exactly quick. I think it's helping Brown. And I think he is, he is becoming a player for us. And now he's captain. I think he's taken on ball really well. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't really argue too much. I think Brown has definitely been better. What was fascinating. Again, we spoke about this before um, about the penalty. I don't know if you can see it where you're watching it, but the 
one of the guys who came on left wing, I think it was, he was literally screaming at Davison outside the area, shouting him constantly, like, like you know, it, it was ridiculous. And he kept shouting and kept shouting and kept shouting. And even as Davison was running out to shoot, you could hear him still shouting. And he slides it in the corner, Davison. Um, what was interesting, I don't know if you know, Osama Rashley played. Yeah, I did. Um, which was interesting. He didn't really do a huge amount. Obviously, Quezzy scored, gave a good celebration. And we, then... We, um, we, we talked about this on the Sunday debut. That was really good. Quezzy, he's one of these players I'm glad left. Right, he'll score goals, I think, at League 2 level. Yeah, he, I think he, he will. can stay fit. He's a good goal scorer. What I find quite funny with Quezzy is... He posted a picture on his Instagram of the goal, obviously, and him doing the like that. I'm guessing. Oh, did he? Yeah. Where I'm thinking, if that's a player for us now, and we're in cultist position, I'll be at that. No wonder he gets stick from his own fans. Because I'd be fuming. You've just lost two one from being one 0 up. You played awful pretty much all game. You're now sitting, I think, one win in five or something. They're in a terrible form. I think they've only won one all year. Yeah, and your, your your striker is caring more about him scoring a goal than your actual team getting points on the ball, which would used to infuriate us. With that's what I mean, and and him giving it the cup ears and stuff like that. It's like, mate, I'd rather I, we've got the three points in the bag. See you later. Now you go off and get relegated. With I mean, he did one thing all day, which was score, and, and after that he was. I mean, I thought they were actually quite decent culture in the first half. I thought they were quite quick. I thought they were quite aggressive. I think that they they were mobilising themselves quite well. And then I, I felt that the second half, I, to be honest with you, it looked like we're watching in the moment we got the first goal, they just bottled it. it almost it ex- It's almost like watching what we what we would normally do. It was an experienced goal. You go up against a young right wing back who, you know what I mean, you can get above him and score. And that's mm-hmm. the worry with Isaac, that, that hopefully don't happen all the time and he'll learn from it. But you think, right, Quezzy's done well there, good. But it's just cupping of the ears and giving it all large online. Like- I mean, that was definitely a highlight of scoring it, but I'm definitely not getting carried away in terms of, as you said, as you said, in terms of the conversation, the three points is vital. We needed the three points. And it's weird because already those three points were like, oh, we'll be buzzing. We've not really moved and we're not going to go anywhere because we're 16 fish and that's us. Um, So I I think the performance will come. The result, frankly, was the most important. But we are coming up with another really big game. I know Wolves saw one in the week, but. We've got, to, I think they beat Northampton, didn't they? Um, yeah, but we've got to find a, we, we, we need to get a, a string of games where we're kind of, we're playing we, again, better. We said this last week, we went through the six games that we got. Big six games for Johnny Jackson. We started off with three points. That now is, to be fair with the Bradford point, is four points in two. Yep. We've, uh, we've scored four goals in that time. All right, we've conceded a couple, which we can, two against Bradford, which you can kind of take out Bradford, a decent team. Uh, yeah, I think we yeah we go forward now. We we have a side. I still worry about our squad depth. I really do. As oh, that's said, massive. That is a massive you, problem. You were talking about Isaac, uh, not Isaac. Sorry, you were talking about Paris. Maybe needing a breather. As I said before, we haven't got many like Bendel. Can he really come in and start in that kind of position? I don't think he can at the moment. No, not yet. I saw something online today uh, with regards to saying would he go out on loan once Woodyard's fit? I think once Woodyard's fit, we send him on loan. At the moment, we can't afford to. We're light, mate. We are. So, I mean, again, I don't want to jump ahead of the gun too much, but me and my dad, we bought a program, and my God, the, the one of the, the the page was absolutely full with injuries on it. Well, like incredible. That's a great link there, Ben. Well done. Should we link it in? Should we move on and come back and it. discuss the injuries? Let's do it. Right.
The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Um, we're back and we're going to be discussing injuries. Is it us? Is it something we do at the club? It seems to be years that we've had injuries, like constantly having them. Neil Ardley even complained about it. I don't look at other clubs, Dan. I don't know about you. So I don't know if they suffer with the same kind of injuries because we are lower down the leagues and stuff. We haven't got the facilities maybe at the training ground because our training ground is what? a pub, Not public park, but... It's well, it's not far off that. It's not. It's, oh. not. it's, um, and it's not college. a public park. Yeah, it's but it's 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 a it's like a university ground basically. Yeah, um, which is Even good. It's, it's half decent. Yeah, it's, so, sorry, it train there. You, you sorry, hope... train there. Cricket. They do a bit of training there and stuff. Well, but it is a lot though, Lee. Like I literally, like I said, we'll yeah. read the program on Saturday. Um, big shout out to Chris. Really good program. Thanks very much. Really like it. But the page was filled, fill with injuries like yeah. the whole page some of the young a lot of them were younger players and that was the frightening bit is normally you see some of the older campaigners yes. all the young players all of them were injured you know you're talking about I mean using Ajay Hersey as an example he's out for a decent amount of time Bilal, Bilal was saying well he was he was he was on the on the pitch doing warm-ups well, after he, he's the ball. back but how many times has he been injured we keep going oh this could be the he could be out, like the Jack Curry where Bilal once Jack Curry left and he's going to come, but then he gets injured and he's out for, it's not just a couple of weeks. He's no, out. he's out. He's out for well, quite a long time. We've we've said it before, like Will Nightingale getting a three and a half year deal, which is like, I agree that he should have got a deal, but getting a three and a half years is mad considering he's made a glass. Is it just him? Is it the fact, the training? Is it the facilities? Is it the track, like the, the physios that we have? Because Paul I don't know, mate. another one. I don't know. And I don't really buy um, it's the pitches either. So I think there's got to be something going on, whether or not we haven't got the technology to to decide what we're doing. Maybe this is the challenge. This is one of the challenges we've got. We have to look at how much we can afford to pay for players and, and go from there. But I'm just looking at literally, right? Will Nightingale's career. He started in what? So he's been at Wimbledon one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth year. This is how many games he played directly. Nine years. Nine, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, nine years. Nine years. How many matches? Well, you, you don't 30, 30 games a season, at least 30 games a season, but I reckon it's probably about 100. That's it. He's played 161 games. There you go. And if you think he's only played over 30 games in three seasons, yeah, including so. this one. He's how, got old is, four, how old is he? 24, 25? He is. No, no. He's got to be older than that. Let's have a look how old he is. He was born in 95, so you're looking at he's 27. Yeah. You think about it, he's played 4-4. In League One, he's played 12, 18. He had one year where he played 39 matches, which is pretty good. Next season, 9, 32, 35, 8. Now, you sound, it sounds like, you know, 35, 32, that's pretty decent. Still at 11 games he's missed. 11. That's a quarter of the season. So Will Nightingale, apart from one season, he misses a minimum of eight weeks. Yes, he yeah. misses a minimum of eight weeks a season, as which you, is a huge amount of um, a huge amount of games. Yep. Yeah. As you were talking about Will, there I brought up Paul Callumbay stats. Callumbay. Yeah. Paul Callumbay is twenty three, so he's a bit younger, and he's he's been with us since uh, two thousand sixteen in the first team. So he was with our youth team, right? 
How many games do you reckon he's played? Pass. 64 games. And idea. the most he's ever played in a season was 17. He only played 13 games last year and 14 the year before that. Well, if you mean? look at Woodyard in two seasons, he's played 76 games, 40 and 36. So even 40, he's missed six games. And like I said, every footballer is going to get injured. We're, we're pretty aware of that. And, and it's part of the nature of the beast. But I just wonder whether or not... And again, looking at it last year, this isn't a short-term thing, Lee, for us. Last year, we were absolutely riddled. Ollie Palmer, we had problems with him. We had we problems with Callum Bay. We've had We had problems with... Um, what's his name? It's Presley. We had to send him back. Presley, yep. So when, well, when you look year, at... This year already we've had problems with Hudlin. Henry Lawrence, another one. He was missing for ages. This year already we've had problems with Hudlin. He had to go yep. back to Huddersfield and he's come back. He's not fully fit because he's missed a few games. Got to get fitness. NYC, is it done? And he has eight weeks minimum. He, well, I spoke to his dad at Bradford. He said four weeks, but I don't know. Again, I, can't, I don't know if to trust the club because they told us Woodyard would be back in four weeks. That was like three months ago. So you never know where we are with the injuries. I know they updated it recently. But NYC has played 30, 40 games a season for Rangers B and Brentford B, comes to us and gets injured after what, five? Yeah. And I'm not. And again, you know, Magoma looks shot and looks like he's he's struggling. It just, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe these guys are not ready or not used to the kind of speed of League Two football. The problem as well, Lee, the ground ain't even hard yet. We're not, we've only just, we haven't played a game in October yet, apart from we one. Can't, I'm not blaming the physio. Ain't chucking down the rain. It's not thick ground. We're not playing Harrogate on a mud pit. This is, this is happening. This has been happening for years. This happened when we had Josh Moriarty. Not Josh Moriarty. What's his name? That's one of my James Moriarty, is it? James Moriarty. Yeah, what, yeah. Sorry, my, my mate Josh Moriarty, awful electrician. Uh, yeah, James Moriarty, he's a physio. He left, didn't he? And, but he had loads of problems with injuries. We had it when Mike Rayner. Was it Mike yeah. Rayner? He was Mike the physio. Was, we had Stuart Douglas last time, Joe, before. Loads of injuries still. So it ain't the physios. It can't be the physios because we've had, what, four or five we just named. And we had loads of injuries when they were with us. Do you know what I mean? So... I just like who was injured. Reeves was injured, weren't he? And then Tom Elliott got injured. I know they got injured at the end of their careers with Wimbledon. It was all a little bit. We've had a decent number of players. If you, I mean, again, I'm not. Oh, I don't really want to do too much. Would you say training facilities then? It's hard to know, mate. It's hard to know. But what the worry is is that it's bad enough when you've got good players, right? The challenge is when we when you're struggling for decent footballers then to miss out it's it's rough it's it's really really rough and I, it's a real concern of mine because obviously we we, we haven't got the squad depth that we that we're going to want right we know that and we're not stupid enough to not think anything different but it, it we, we can't afford we can't afford to lose lots and lots of players it, it, it's not going to work for us and we've got to, got to make sure we've got them with NYC in the squad at the moment, we could have picked up a lot more points. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Bradford away. We had chances in that game when you think someone like him playing where he would have just one touch finish. Do you know what I mean? There's this game like Colchester, we would have had a couple more chances. Would he have finished them and we'd be on better goal difference of points? And as you said, the one that I think the worrying thing is the young players that keep getting injured quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? As I said, Bilal Hussein. Uh, who's the other one? The midfielder that's been out, uh, just come back. Ah, oh. Elliot Bolton. Oh, right, okay. He went on loan, 
Corinthian casuals played a lot of games, come back injured in preseason. Uh, do you know what I mean? It just seems that we are suffering at our younger level. Are we pushing them too much to get into the first team because we haven't got much else? We haven't got much money. Do you know what I mean? Or as you said, uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's a hard one. Like, is it just us that suffers with injuries? That's why I don't look at other teams and think, oh, they've got injuries and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And we go into Walsall on Saturday and they've got three or four players out, but we don't know their squad depth and stuff like that. Well, like I said, I, it's hard to know, mate. It's really, really hard to know without getting the facts. But like, I mean, I'm looking at the squad last year and looking at all the all of the games that we're playing. And we've got Zanev has played played a decent amount, but no one's I mean, and we're talking about all competitions here. Zanev played 52 last year, which pretty much played meant he played almost in every single game. Hennigan, 47. Radoni, 47. Them two barely got injured. Asal missed out probably only on, um, I, I would guess he probably was suspended a bit. <laughs> and McCormick. And after that, bear in mind, these are including sub, sub positions. Hartigan, 41. Woodyard, 40. Chislett, 33. Guinness, 33. Marsh, 31. Ossie, 31. Lawrence, 30. Bear in mind, if their name on the bench is counted. Presley, 26. Remember Shay Alexander? Got into yep. age with a back. 24. Ollie Palmer, we left, obviously, after 24. Dapan Mabudi, only 16. It just... We seem to kind of... We're just basically struggling getting the players in the park. And the problem is... And again, if almost is the same kind of conversation that we had with Ardley around, we need our money on the pitch. Yeah, We have this long chat. Are we doing that? Is our money on the pitch? You look at all the big players that came to us in the summer. Are they on the pitch? And Davison, yeah. NYC, no. Magoma, yeah. Um, Gunter, yeah. Pierce, just now, no. So we're, 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 we're doing okay. Well, Pierce is injured now. Gunter was injured the other week. Or was he? No, he was injured against Bradford. There must be at least 10 injuries. There must be. I mean, and, and, I read 10 in and, the programme. You think four of them are first-team players? Pierce? Four of them. If you were picking your top, top team, forget the game. It's one game. Win to go up. Lose to not go down or whatever. You would think Alex Pierce would definitely be playing. NYC would definitely be playing. Nightingale, you'd think, would be close. Woodyard would be playing. Um, yeah, it's 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 it's... It's a worry, and it was a concern from last year. As we got to the point where we were missing players for key parts of the season, yeah. and when you're a small club with a small budget, you've got to keep your money on you the also, pitch. You also got to remember last year, though. I, I take out Oli Palmer's injury because he threw a sickie. So Oli Palmer deliberately threw a sickie because he didn't want to get injured for the Arsenal game. He kind of did what he wanted. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know how injured he was. But he he did he did well. he did play the Arsenal game, and then he came back and scored against Wickham, and then we sold him. Well, no, he got injured as well. He got well, injured. after Wickham, he got injured at the Arsenal game. No, that's Actually. what I mean. He was he was fifty fifty. Played the Arsenal game was terrible. Missed a long, massive and then we part of the game. And then we and then we he scored. I remember him. I'd love being a, linked, Scored at Wickham, and then I love if a yeah. physio was one of the physios to come on and talk to us about it all and say. I mean, like I said, it's not that. And like I said, maybe it's unlucky, and maybe this is the same at every you know, single football this club. Year, but... Osu's injured. Yep. Again, so that's again it. People are looking at that thing. We just offered the kid two years, maybe after he messed yeah. us about, and now he's injured. Which, again, injuries ain't. I'm not saying injuries are his fault, 
But then you're looking at the money. I don't know how much money. I'm guessing he's not going to be overly expensive. But, but he's expensive if he's doing nothing, mate. <laughs> yeah, so if you're not doing anything, it don't matter if, if you're, you're expensive. Yeah. If you look at and again, if you look at the amount of money that is currently per week sitting doing nothing, there's an argument to say, well, you know, apart from probably Woodyard and maybe Nightingale, Young Coombs ain't going to be on a lot of money. Um, and then you know you're looking at the other younger players; they're probably not on a lot of yeah, money. You could bite the bullet with Young Coombs because you know when he comes back, he'll probably. Delivered. And you know that we're probably not paying up hardly anything for him. But with the people like Nightingale as well, as much as you love Nightingale, and, and there's a lot of women fans who do, there's a lot of women fans who don't rate him as well. I like Nightingale, but, he just, but he's, he's on just... a three and a half year deal. And as you said, if he's not playing 30 games a season, you're not going to get more than two thirds of a season out of him. That's a lot of money, as you said, being wasted. Same as Paul it is Canterbury, knowing as well, mate, with, with Nightingale, he, he, when he's great. He's great, but you know every game there's one cock up. It does make you think that's with, his career with Woodyard. Did he sign his contract knowing that he weren't going to be able to sign for anyone else because he was he weren't going to pass a medical? Who knows? Do you know what I mean? Seems weird how he's been out for so long now. I know he's close back to fitness, but if he was injured before the end of the season and then he was it well or in, at the start of the season, wouldn't sign a contract, was he? He weren't going to sign, then he signed on because he knew he weren't going to get another club. So he's now signed on to us, and now we're wasting money on someone that's sitting on the bench, or not even on the bench, nowhere near the bench. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a little bit, I find it all a little bit tricky to understand in terms of, I don't know the science. I'm obviously an incredibly intelligent man, you said it yourself, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to worry. I, I just, there's so, there are so many players injured. I'm just trying to find out, Saturday, we're playing Walsall normally, on one of the little app things that I've got, it gives you like the injury lists. Um, I'm trying to have a look. I can't no, stuff it on that one. Let's see. I mean, at the moment, I'm I'm just on Transfer Marked, uh, um, which is obviously uh, an online platform which basically makes lies up about what players are worth, which is normally quite funny. Um, but it seems to be just like we at the moment are going through a patch of quite a lot of players being injured. To be blunt, um, and I'm just hopeful somewhere along the line that it balances itself out because if if we go another two months with if we lose another half decent player lee then like i mean if we lost for argument's sake we lost a sal then what or my, we lost my, my worry know, is not a sal my my worry is davison yeah but if you lose if you have got chislet you got chislet and you have got this uh, new kid that's just signed that can fill his position but davison We've only then got Hudlin and Quinton Bartley. Quain Bartley, sorry, not Quinton. Quain Bartley. Do you know what I mean? So then yeah, we are, well, we that's it. And this is... Do you know what I mean? This so is, we're relying now the... on Davison to bang goals in and score and run around like a headless chicken. But if he goes down and gets injured, everyone's like shitting himself, like gasps, because we haven't got much on the bench then to come in. And it, as I said, I think the worry is there with the, the squad that we've gone with. And that's why, again, I think the expectations at the start of the season should have been quelled a little bit because we knew what kind of squad we got if we suffered injuries or suspensions. It was going to cause us issues. But And like I said, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about other clubs, in, particularly in League Two, that's where I look for and go, you're injured, you're injured, you're injured. But I, me and my dad read it and I said to my dad, look at this page. He went, that's a lot. Like, there was regular players. The page was packed. To the point there was, you know, a paragraph on each player, but it must have been ten players this, the, for the goal. You know, backup goalkeepers. We've got to sign Jesper Line, yes, and you've got all of this sort, and you've yeah. got all of this kind of stuff that happens. It just, 
it'll be it would be fascinating to know and again i'm not i'm not pointing a finger at anybody that's far away from what i'm trying to do all i'm saying is that we seem to have a lot of injuries and whether it's a lot of injuries because we've got a small group and when you've got a small group if you had 10 injuries and you've got 40 players in your squad then you're fine yeah. you've got 10 injuries and you've got 30 players in your squad now it's tight and whether or not we've just not got the squad size and therefore we feel that we're we're punished and we've got a huge amount of injuries or it, it's not but the reality of it is that at full strength we shouldn't have more than one maybe two very very young players on that bench at the moment the bench is packed with younger players some of them who frankly should be on loan yeah and it is just that question of like where is this the best thing for us long term for having you know dylan aj hersey i know he's injured for a long old time frimpong whoever you want to call it Aaron Sasu, are these the players that should be going on loan and getting experience, just like Jack Curry did? We see, we know that makes a lot of sense and get, gets value. Ogundiri, should he really be starting this year? Debatable. Would he have benefited from playing in the conference? Definitely. So, and again, it, it also opens up the question, well, why are we, if we are this small on players, why why is that Robinson going to Dundee? Like, what are we doing oh, here? That's, that's what I said. If Davis gets injured, we can't get him back till January either. Uh... Well, look, put it this way. We have spent money, money that we don't have, on two players solely because we've had injuries. Courtney Senior has come in as a forward-type player. Why has he come in? Because one of our players has got injured. And Jaskalainen, because we've only got one keeper. We had two keepers and one's gone down lane. Hmm. Like, this tells you where we're at. If we had a big enough squad, we wouldn't have to do that. So we're spending money now on players who ultimately... Let's be honest, I very much doubt that Johnny Jackson, the window, has gone Courtney Senior's in my top 10 footballers. Otherwise, you'd have got him in the window, but you haven't. So you've identified him a long, long, long time later, which means that he's coming in the squad as a backup. He's, A, depriving a younger player of that opportunity, but also, is he going to get on the pitch? Who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he'll be great. Send me Yaskalainen. He didn't have a club. Is he going to do anything? No. Was he on our radar? No. But we're paying money for players that basically, frankly our contingency and that's that's a concern no i agree i agree and that's it, it we'd love someone from the club to come on and yeah just put us straight it help what, us understand what is it is it is it a league two thing is it the football pitches is it the training ground or is it just unlucky but yeah i think we've moved on down because we've been going on the injuries when we come back you'll give us your view on the new md danny macklin what you expect from him, what you'd like to see from him. And we can also talk about the, the interview that the club did with our investor, Anaf S. Nathan. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. And we're back and we're going to be discussing the new MD, Danny Macklin. We discussed this uh, on the Sunday debrief, but Danny unfortunately wasn't with us. So it's good to get Danny's views on what he thinks of the appointment and how he expects it to come in. Uh, we also had an interview from the club regarding our new, or the investor that's been with us quite some time. Do you see the interview, Dan, with Aaron S? I haven't. I've, been, I've literally came straight from work and spoke to you now. He's a Malaysian businessman. He, I, I do remember there was a conversation with him though last year. I'm, I'm certain this isn't at fresh out of the box. I like what I've read from him so far. Like he, why he invested, 
his bold plans to take our team on an Asian tour, which if there's money to be made out of it, I'm all for it. But we are a fans club and I don't think many fans are going to be able to afford to go watch Wimbledon in Asia. Why does he want to go to Asia? Well, that he's a Malaysian businessman. That's where he's from. Okay. Uh, he's also massive on the esports. So that's what he does okay. in Malaysia. And he, he's saying about the money that could be made. And he wants Wimbledon to kind of possibly be a venue for an esports tournament, which may cost quite a bit of money. Maybe get like professional esports now is unbelievable. Like, Man yeah, City, it's big. Yeah. Man City and teams like that have professional people. That so why us? Why has he got involved with us? He liked the story behind us and the stuff like that behind it that, that people love, the fan owned stuff, which. Obviously, we're on, we've spoken about before, but yeah, he's got involved, which is good. We need investment, and if he is rich enough, maybe we sell him a little bit more and stuff. But the Asian tour thing, I don't really like. I don't get me wrong. I've, once we are going to speak to Danny Macklin at one point. He's already told us he he, he listens and he's been listening. And he's going to come on hopefully once he's all settled down in the job. He's got his own business at the moment. He's uh, I think he's I don't know if he's leaving that or if he's kind of stepping out away from it, but. Do you know what I mean? Once he's, he's a co-founder and manager director, yeah, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna come in and speak to us. Uh, I'd love another tour. When we went to Germany, it was probably one of the best weekends I've had watching Wimbledon. It was unreal. Frankfurt was brilliant. Well, and I think we then had a bond with the players from that, where the fans went and you spoke to them, and everyone was smashed out their faces pretty much with the uh, Offenbach fans. And it, anyone who went out there will say how good it was to have, like, just to go on a trip with Wimbledon to watch them abroad. How long ago was that, Lee? Uh, before when Wally was in charge, okay. So I think it was second year. Wally, Wally kept us up, and then we went to Frankfurt. And, and I, was, I was speaking to a West Ham fan today, and he, he said his mate's gone out to watch West Ham. I forget where they're playing tonight, but he's gone. He said, I love it going out and watching the playing um, and elect home, yeah. So you're going out to Belgium and stuff like that. It's just amazing, and hopefully, we'll have that in the part in the future. But Asia, as much as I'd love to go out to Bangkok and watch women and play, one, I'm not getting that through the misses. No. And two, yeah, the money side of it. But, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm waffling on. What's your thoughts on... Well, I like the idea of, obviously, anyone who wants to come and support the club. And like I said, I've spoken at length, which is not for today, about my thoughts on where the club needs to go. Um, and it's really good to get new money. One of the big things, you know, a lot of my work was was for charities. And one of the big things that we do is that we, we have the same people putting money into the club, buying season tickets, buying hoodies, buying this. You need fresh money. You need a diverse thing. What's been great, actually, is, again, going to school. I spoke, I spoke to a lot of boys who I know are Chelsea fans, Fulham fans, and they've got season tickets at Wimbledon. They were, I literally spoke to them about the culture of the game, and one of the lads was like, oh, I was there, and I go every week, and they don't like Zanev, and they like this bloke. <laughs> it's been really nice for the first time ever for like supporting Wimbledon, where I actually go and talk to boys in the local area who are going to watch the game and they're not they don't live close this is you know a good 45 minute journey it's their closest you know they've got Chelsea and Fulham on their doorstep but these people are choosing to go to Wimbledon because they can go and watch it and it's relaxed and yeah but it, it's great in terms of um Macklin it looks like a good appointment from what I can understand what I don't know is um it's great that he's obviously was he was CEO for of Leighton Orient four and a half years that obviously yep. shows you that it wasn't a flash in the pan. Leighton Orient, in my opinion, looked like they're in a pretty decent spot. Yeah. They weren't in a decent spot at all. And whether or not he has been the driving force of that, I don't know. But he was someone who was very clever enough to link. He did the Harry Kane deal, as you know, with the with the, with the record shirt sales. Um, and interesting, I don't know how 
whether there was someone, I presume there was someone between the Hearn match room and him. I don't know. But it's great to see that he he has obviously got an understanding of this type of industry. He's obviously worked in sport. He likes his football, which again, I think is positive. I guess if you wanted to, if you wanted to look to be careful on the eye, or, you know, step on the, you know, step on the tiptoes, be, you know, be cautious. His business is all about sponsorship and marketing agency. He works for a marketing and sponsorship agency. And I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't work for Wimbledon but, and doesn't use his own company to, and I quote, our mantra is to work closely alongside selected sports clubs, governing bodies to create unique and long-lasting partnerships with like-minded brands and companies. So I'd be very surprised if he doesn't have his business acumen hat on and thinking, hold on a minute, I can push this organisation and this here very much like, you know, a certain podcast getting, you know, boardmasters into, you know, or, you know, soundmasters to get their podcast sponsored. So, you know, very, very similar minded businessmen, these people. So you've got to just, it'll just be interesting to see how, how that plays out. But it, it's nice to, it's nice to see we've, we've, we've got somebody finally. It's nice to see that someone looks like he's young enough and approachable enough. It's nice to see that someone has worked in sport. He seems to have a, an element of a track record, and I think he probably would have been um, he would have been cheap enough for us to go for. So I don't personally think that it, there's a lot to lose, but I am a little bit concerned about some of the link between Wimbledon and his business. See, I I think he's stepping away from his business now. I think he's stepping. I don't think he's going to be a director or anything like that with it. I, I think they might work with each other once he steps away and starts his work at Wimbledon. I'm not, I can't say a hundred percent for sure because I'm sure I saw something on LinkedIn or something the other day and he, he brought his business partner to the game against Colchester. Uh, on the Sunday debrief when we discussed him and everything, everyone's again, his CV does look quite impressive. I yeah. spoke to a late, late Orient fan who I know quite well and said he's a really nice guy. Fan engagement is massive for him. And as mm -hmm. I said, he's already tweeted us. He's, do you know what I mean? He said he'll come on. He listens to the episodes and stuff like that. So, which I remember we said when we were getting an MD, and if I was an MD, I'd be listening across the board of all the podcasts. Us nine years, the uh, same old Wombles, listen to them all because they're all different and getting an, an, a gauge for what the fans actually want and what people are saying, which I think he's doing. I like the idea, as you said, with his businesses and stuff, linking it in. I, I'm guessing you're on his website or you've been on his website. Yeah, yeah. There's a boxing thing that he's doing. We've got space at Plough Lane now to be holding big events. And boxing events and stuff like that should be getting held at Plough Lane. And, and he's doing it. I don't know where he's doing it or whatever, but do you know what I mean? It seems that that's what we should be doing already. And you look at it and think, well, yeah, we should be holding. And he's worked with the, the best and greatest cricket team in the country, Essex. Well, Surrey. No, no, Surrey ain't even a proper... Well, look at his website. I'm on it now, as you can imagine. And he has basically got three sponsors for the three different types of cricket brand. Yeah. I and he's got the whole lot sorted. Yeah. Plus Leighton Orient. So it's... I'd be amazed if he, his brand or his company are not potentially um, pushing through with ideas to make our sponsors, uh, to, to, to invest or support our club, which A, sounds good, but B... Does that necessarily again? Is it a conflict of interest that so you've got somebody coming in to to use his company to give us a deal when there might be better ones? I don't really know. But 
Yeah, you just, I said on this debrief, I looked at the website and said that for for the cricket, every single kit or, or even training kit, I think, sponsored by someone. So you've got... Yeah, Vitality from him though, from his kit. company. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. His company have got brand but, and they've... they've he doesn't work for Essex it. anymore, but he's still working with them, if you get what I mean. So he don't work for them, but works with them. Well, I mean, I mean and ultimately, you know what? We, what, we, what we need you, some money. What do you want to see him? What would you... What He steps in the office first day. Yeah, and he says, "Danny, what what do you want to see from me? What is your expectations?" I think, if I'm really honest, I think the first thing I'd like to have is a very, very, very clear vision as what the hell we're doing. We don't. I still feel like the last time we had this conversation, it was a complete load of nonsense. I don't think anyone bought into it. We were we're never going to be in the championship for three years. You need to grow up and sort it out. Like with that <laughs> whole thing was a farce, it was a total farce. And I'd like someone to come in and be realistic and be honest with the fans and 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 say, look, you know, this is the kind of budget that we've got at the current bit. This is what our aspirations are. We would like to make a return to League One. However, oh, well, and do you know what? I'm not even going to put words in his mouth. We'll let him do it. I, I just, I just, I would like someone to come and be very, very clear. Don't overdress it. Don't overcoat it. Don't tell us what he thinks we want to hear. Be honest. If it's a case of guys for the next decade, our job is to maintain where we are, pay off the stadium, and then we can start investing in the squad. Great. If it is right now, our main focus is to put money into the academy account by selling players, and then we can build. Great. But I'm looking for someone to give us a clear vision because since Robbo left. We don't have a vision. Well, our vision is a little bit convoluted and we've been told one thing and it hasn't happened. And then there's skullduggery and then it, it, it just, it seems a little bit messy. We need someone to come in, shake the snow globe and go, okay, I've had a look at everything. This is our, this is my route map. I'm not expecting it straight away, but it'd be great if he has got with whoever he's working with go, this is our primary objective is we're looking for, we're looking to sell the remaining percentages that we can sell. Number one. Number two, we're looking to relaunch our sponsorship brand by creating uh, an offer around X, Y, and Z. Number three, we want to speak to fans to find out what they actually want to do and how they want to do it. Number four, we want to improve the match. Whatever his target is, it will be lovely just to be able to know what he's thinking and to be updated and to have a level of comms. If we've got that, then great. He sounds approachable. The fact that he's, he's reached out for us and he's happy to talk to us is fantastic. It obviously means that, you know, he trusts us to have a, a sensible conversation. And I don't think that we ever don't have a sensible conversation. I think we're always really, really honest and we'll say it how it is. And some weeks it's great because we're great. And some weeks it's poor because we're sad because we've lost again. But at least we're honest. We don't dress it up and try and be no, anything different. And I think that, I think that's the reason why people listen to us. But I, I'm, I'm pleased that we've got that We've got him in now. What would I'd love to see is at some point before Christmas is to have a real plan of, of where this club is going. When is it going? How are we going to pay the X amount of money that we need to pay immediately? And then to know moving forward, this is where we're going. No, I agree. Because as I said before, like we, we've said this a couple of weeks before we got announced that we needed an MD in and stuff like that. And we, we need professional people in the club, running the club and stuff like that, who, who have got a CV like Danny Macklin. So I'm quite happy that the club have done it. They seem to have done it the right way. I wish we'd known a little bit sooner. As I said to uh, Graham Stacey, who's on the Donna Strauss elections, he, he kind of agreed that any news is better than no news. So just say, mm-hmm. say we've got 200, we've had, like we, we advertised this months ago, 
then just say to the fans, there's 236 applications. We've taken eight to interview and we'll let you know shortly how we get on with that. Do you know what I mean? And everyone would have gone, right, the club are proactively looking. Do you know what I mean? My, I didn't get to the interview stage, which I think is absolute nuts. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel I'd be a great MD. But I, I like a bit of transparency from the club. Uh, I just want the communication. Yeah, communication and To be better, because even looking on the Facebook, and again, it's got the man who invested in our club without seeing us play. You know, one of one of the guys who came on the pod, Mark Lewis, a nice guy. He was just like, "This isn't anything new." He he was he was on the board last year. We met him last year at the season. It's like, we, if we've had this conversation, someone, just give an update. It's just someone, like someone sent me that thing today and said, "Finally, I think it was Arash who's come on the pod as well." He sent it and said, "Finally, we know we're getting a bit from this man who invested a year or two ago." Do you know what I mean? But no one knew who he was, where he was from, or anything about him. He's been at the ground. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, man. As, I, I mean, like... communication is key, mate. Information is key. And whether or not they wanted to keep it to, to, to hold back information or not, or they didn't want to share it. The information said, said, I'm glad they put it out, but it's not it's not much information. You still don't know a load about him. Do you know what I mean? It's good that he's, as you said, it's good to have fresh money, good to have new money. I'd like to see a fresh approach. I'd like to see transparency. I'd like to see communication. As the problem with football at the moment, the problem with Wimbledon is you get rumours all the time that there's rumours currently going around. I don't know if you've heard of any of them. I'm not going to say any names or anything like that because I, I, all I'm hearing is rumours. But apparently there's rumour that someone at the club has done something pretty bad and been relieved of their duties. Oh, right. I didn't know People make mistakes. It's fair dues. But of course. Again, as a fans club, we just get told this person's made this mistake. He's fucked up pretty bad. He's now been relieved of duties. And that's all I want is transparency stuff like that, do you know what I mean? And communication, like, and I'm just surprised. Fresh approach. It is just that, you know, like I said, if you're, if you own the football club, if you're a member of the Don's Trust, I know it's difficult, but I'm just surprised it's not been like, you own your club. This is what's going on in your club this month. (laughs) This month, this guy, we we are now currently looking for this. If anyone can recommend anybody, please let us know. We did have a guy, this didn't work out. We're moving on. Oof. I'm not expecting blood, guts and glory, but I am expecting a level of comms just to let us know how our investment, because we, we've invested in the club. How yeah. is my investment going? How is my what I mean. we need, investing? We need what, how is it going? What's going on? Like Again, if, if someone has messed up, then it needs to come out and say, look, this is or not the person's name or anything like that, but this is what happened, this is what happened now, then we're moving on and stuff like but, that. Um, yeah, Sam I mean, Elliot, I'm pleased that we got it. Sam Elliott said on the debrief a couple of weeks ago, he said he'd love the new MD to come in and go every week or every two weeks in the programme, this is what I'm doing, this is updates, keeping, do you know what I mean? Which I think he will. As I said, I think he's meant to be quite good on his fan engagement, which is brilliant and... and as I said to you, a fresh approach. We said, you know, we said about we said about Colchester earlier, and this ain't me digging people out. So, like, I don't want because I do like the people that are involved in it. But the commentary the other day was just so poor against Colchester. Couldn't make it. There was train strikes. Couldn't get to Colchester. Watched the first half, and the commentary was so dull. It was just as bad as the football. And for ten minutes, all I heard was a shout outs to people across the world. Not one bit of commentary was at the game. Do you know what I mean? I just think, you know, I've spoken about it before and it's just like, some people love all that, but if you're, I've watched the Bradford commentary again, I've, I was at Bradford, but then I've watched, I've heard their commentary and I've, where was the other one? Stockport commentary. They were passionate commentary and that, do you know what I mean? And, and I know it's little things like that, but just want to see a bit of a fresh approach at the club. As you said, bringing in fresh money, bringing in fresh people that can do stuff. There's people like Tom Large, who's doing a journalism degree and he helps out with the nine years TV and stuff like that. He's really good. 
get him involved in stuff, get him interviewing players and stuff, get him in, get him doing stuff. Uh, who else is it? Uh, who's the ex-player? Anthony Wordsworth. We're trying yeah. to get him involved, get him on there a bit more and stuff. I know he's probably trying to work himself, but do you know what I mean? There is people out there who are really good at stuff and get them involved and get them doing bits and pieces. As I said, Arash, with his stats, unbelievable. He could work really well with bits and pieces at the club. Uh, but like, like you said, country. it's good that we've got somebody in. We've been talking about it for ages. We've got somebody in now. Let's wish him the very best of luck. Let's hope he can he can help us through what has been quite a challenging couple of years. <laughs> and yeah, well, it has been, it has been a tough time. And, and he, you know, he probably took late and right when they're having a pretty, pretty tough time. And, and I'd like to think he was part of, of how well they've not, not everything about him, but he's, he managed to get some, you know, someone like Harry Kane and the publicity and Leighton Orient, you know, they've got there in a good part of London with a decent team like, now. You know what I'd like to know is if it, it was him that put Ling in, the head of football operations because Martin Ling is the Orient uh, HRFO. Yeah, he's the one who's got has a lot of bad mental health and he bless him. Yeah, and he was the manager and stuff and struggled with his mental health and stuff, but he's back at Orient and seems to be doing really well. Okay. So I think he's the one, he's the head of football operations now. And well, let's, like let's hope he gets settled yeah, in and then we'll touch him. That's someone who has been around Orient his whole life. Do you know what I mean? And he's back there now working for the team that he loves, the community. And he's big on the community, which is massive for us, as you said. Yeah. Nowadays, coming to watch women. He sounds on paper that he ticks a lot of boxes. And he looks, I, I like the fact he's bald. Yeah, that's good. Bald men are. Upside down head. Well, bald men are the best men in the world. Uh, yeah, aerodynamic, aren't they? But yeah, as I said, I thought we'd hired Grant Mitchell for a minute when I first saw the picture. I was like, didn't know he'd come into football, but I prefer yeah. Peggy Mitchell. But we'll, we'll <laughs> take Grant, we'll take Grant or Phil, either or. But no, we wish him well. Like I said, it's he, nice to he, be able to get needs, somewhere. He needs good luck because he's going to need it at a basket. Well, if he's going to grow any hair, he does, yeah. But yeah, right. We'll move on and we'll be discussing Black History Month and talking about our favourite Black Wimbledon players. <laughs> The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back. And October is Black History Month. Uh, and, and we're going to be celebrating that today with discussing some of our favourite black Wimbledon players, AFC Wimbledon and Wimbledon. Uh, Danny, the first one for me, and I spoke, well, I didn't speak about him, but I said he was the GOAT. He is our best ever player. Robbie L. Yeah. And what, what I love about Robbie L is he hasn't just made... He, he. I think he should have gone on to bigger and better things than Wimbledon. If you look back, he played for Port Brown Wimbledon. That was it. Made a little stint for Jamaica in the World Cup. Scored, didn't he, I think, for Jamaica. Yeah, header right. in Croatia, I think it was. And what I love about him is he's moved on to the punditry game and he's one of the best pundits in America. They absolutely yeah, but, love him. Yeah, but he also massively cocked up in the World Cup. Do you remember? The oh, scandal yeah, <laughs> but you wouldn't have. I'd never thought it would have been Robbie L. You know when they no, said, oh, no, but it was funny. That literally, was I remember. So I remember watching it. Really. Going, there's a hundred, there's a hundred blonde girls all wearing orange t-shirts. What's that? And my, my wife at the time was like, they've got to be advertising. Yeah. They've got to be. Your and then all of a sudden, when Robbie L. Like, came how are you? How are you noticing them, Danny? Well, it's not hard, is it? They got under yeah, absolute yeah. rockets at the World but, Cup watching Iran versus Lithuania. But he is our greatest ever player. 
If people, I, never, I would find it hard to disagree with you on that. If people never watched him, I do feel sorry from the younger fans of today. Never watched Rory because he was different gravy for me. Talking He's also about- difficult, by the way, putting into context of the kind of player now. If you were to say, what kind of player is Robbie Earl? Box to box, good in the air, little goal, good goal scorer, tough tackler, under, a tough tackler, a little bit understated, but you know. I wouldn't know if you asked me to name a player in the modern world. I don't know many who I would liken him to, really. No, that's what I mean. He's one of a top, one of a kind. And how we got him for round here, how he never moved on. You've got like tricky mm. players. It's very difficult. You don't have many he, guys. He, he never had any the skill, to... but he didn't need it. He just read the game so well. He was just the best player. And he, he, you know, he wasn't particularly quick either, I don't think. You know, he always. He had a great, great leap. He always, for me, he always scored important goals. Well, he's and he was great. One obviously, Fash, Fash is, is, is huge. Um, and obviously, Wimbledon played its part. You know, we had, we had Laurie Cunningham, who well, was, you know was obviously an iconic black player. But he played in that famous, I yeah. think he played in the game, with, in, was it West Brom? West Brom had it. Do you remember this? Have you read about this? So one of the things that we're talking about today, by the way, Black History Month's important you know, for, for boys to be educated about, you know, how important it's been using Caribbean African people who have influenced the world. But there was a game and they made it, I think it was Blacks on Whites and Luther Blizzard, Luther Blizzard um, Laurie Cunningham, and it was a West Brom team. And it made the headlines massively because they said, look, it's going to be Blacks versus Whites. And I think the Black team won. Or the t- and, and it, but like Laurie Cunningham was, was a massive trailblazer, obviously played at Real Madrid, won the Cup of Wimbledon. Fashionu, though, for me, was more not just a quality player, but he, for me, was the embodiment of the crazy game. For me, him and Vinny were the big characters. Well, 88, that crazy gang, but, taking that into the Premier League, them two are massive. Fash, Fash splits everyone as well, because you either really yeah. like Fash or you don't really like... Because of the way he treated his brother as well when, when his brother went through... Yeah, and then obviously him and Laurie Sanchez used to fight every two also, seconds. yeah, Fash... I don't think got along with many people. I don't think, he, I think he was a bit of a bully, if I'm being honest, back in the, the crate. I know we didn't, you didn't see that side of him, but if you speak to the Laurie Sanchez's and people like that, but I love Fash. He grew up not far from me in Bernardo's in Barkingside with yeah. his brother. Uh, and it's quite a sad story that, by you, the way. If you look at his background and where he's come from and look at not just what he did on the football pitch, but what he did after that as well with gladiators. You know what I mean? One of the first. Pre- Present, pre, pre, presenters, presenters. Of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I couldn't get out of there. And you know what I mean? Doing presenting jobs and stuff like that. There weren't many black people around doing that kind of no in that industry. Do you know what I mean? He did that. He went on. He he, he was he's mad as a box of frogs. But he he's was, doing. Is he doing them? Um, he's doing dancing on ice. I was going to say he's doing something he's like that. Up. He that, did I'm celebrity SAS. Has he done I'm a celebrity? No, he ain't done I'm a celebrity. He done SAS, but yeah, yeah he's doing yeah. dancing on ice, but. I, I just was, feel like he was a real embodiment of like why Wimbledon were unique. Um, and I used to love and as Fash a, to Bash. As I just said to you, before you judge Fashnu, look look at his because a lot of people just see him for he's a footballer, he's a presenter, he had a bit of money and he's he's a bit out there kind of thing. But look at his backstory of where he was brought up. Yeah. He was an orphan, brought up in a Bernardo's. Do you know what I mean? Him and his brother don't think they had it easy, and he kind of they got out of it and his I mean, again, his brother at the time, he, he come out as being gay, which at that time yeah. wasn't the thing to Bad. do. And it weren't, you know what I mean? And he was treated horribly. And he was treated horribly by John. But 
yeah, I, I, I unfortunately, I do love Fash. I think when I, I think yeah. at that time when I started watching Wimbledon as well as a kid, he was one again. Him, Robbie L, they were the players that I fell in love. I used with to him. love Carl Fairweather as well, though. Carl young. Fairweather was right Carl. up my. I loved him. I was only really young though, really, really young. But I think he played just after the FA Cup. I don't think he played for us in the Premier League. But oh, I used to love him. A really tricky winger, tall, elegant on the ball. Like I just, I remember him doing like a, I can't remember the game. Someone's going to tell me what it was. He did like this ridiculous overhead kick, and I think it was someone like Paul McGee or Paul Miller. Might have been Derby at home or something in Plough Lane. Nod, nodded it in. But yeah, I used to, I used to love. I used to love watching him. But obviously, as the games become more international, you know, more and more players from, you know, across the globe have come and got involved. And obviously, you're watching documentaries. Now, the fact that we are South London, there's been so many documentaries I've, of late around I've got very, very talented players coming through, which is excellent. We, we've, we've got to be proud as a club, Wimbledon FC, because we did push black players through to our first team. We, mm-hmm. we did have a lot of black players playing for us from... Do you know what I mean? It didn't matter. Jason Yule, Cole Core, they've all come through. Marcus Gal came from Brentford to us yeah. and stuff. And we 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 pushed them, like as you said, Cole Court, Jason Yule. Uh, who else did we have? Youth team player. I think I'm trying to think, but we did uh, uh, is it Andy Clark? Well, he came from Barnet, didn't he? No, but, but yeah. Do you know what I mean? We signed him from a lower league mm-hmm. level and pushed him into the Premier League and stuff like that. And it was it was brilliant for me to watch. Andy Clark is another one that I thought was just and I loved him. I loved watching him play. The smile on his face every time he took to the pitch and his pace, a brilliant. And Marcus Gale played for both teams. Jones, yeah, what a player to play. Roger Joseph. Darlington played for AFC. Jermaine Darlington. He nearly got us in trouble though. Do you remember? Yeah. Wasn't he? Was he the one who wasn't ineligible? And we got ourselves in a spot of bother with it. Yeah, that was Trevor. Unfortunately, made a mistake there. And... Classic, but no, it's 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 just it was just nice. Like I said, you know, I was speaking to the kids about Black History Month. And we did an assembly about it the other day, and I was, you know, the, you know, sometimes kids are quite sheltered from the past, and it was it was interesting to show, tell them a little bit about some of the fantastic inspirational stories. And I was watching Mikey Holding the other day on the telly. He did a massive, massive talk about education, which was <clears throat> which was incredibly vital. And obviously, even you know, Wimbledon players since we've been back in the football league, you know, we've had. You know, Lyle Taylor is a hugely iconic player at our football club. He's probably, in my opinion, the, the biggest player in terms of personality. You've got Akin Femwa. These guys revolutionised our club, our the way that we did things. Akin Femwa, they, you know, almost single-handedly, you know, he changed that entire dressing room and, and turned it into a dressing room where people wanted to play. Wanted to get involved. I you're talking about two stunning. players there. You're talking about two players there with Bayo and Lyle. Both have different views, I'm guessing, in, with regards to the politics and stuff. Because Lyle, yep. Lyle doesn't support Black Lives Matter. Or he, I think he supports the whole. Yeah, yeah. Thing. He supports the movement, but he doesn't do the knee. He doesn't do the knee, and he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't like Black Lives Matter for what some of the stuff they kind of push and stuff. The politics behind all that. Where Akin Fenwa kind of he he put people on the map like. Big strong man, big strong, big black man, big strong. Got racially abused when he first started out in Lithuania, I believe. Which yeah, I remember reading, watching it about he it. Could have, it could have broken player. He was a young player, but no, it was never going to stop him. And I'm guessing that 
there's a lot of players who have had racial abuse. We, we might get some stick from from talking about this because you know what I mean. But it is, but it is ridiculous. I mean, it'll be funny. It's 2022. It's a <laughs> it's a month where we're celebrating the you know the growth of of the evolution of black people in in modern day society, getting better wages, better jobs, better opportunities. We're trying to make a world that is better, regardless of your gender, your sex, your disability, or whatever else you want to talk about. And people are moaning about it. I just, it's, it's, it's just an absolute nonsense. And why can't we celebrate certain players doing it? If people are, oh, why? When's the white month? White History Month? Great. We'll come up with one. Is, I mean, <laughs> what, what the hell are you talking about? Why can't we just? If it's a global thing that people <clears throat> and people in that kind of community want to celebrate, why can't we join them? It's like we have kids at school celebrate Diwali. Why can't we celebrate Diwali? Why Why has it got to be, well, you're, you're Hindu or Buddhist, that, that's you. And same with Ramadan. We did one where all the boys in school tried it for a day, like just to kind of give themselves an opportunity to empathise and talk about how other people look at the world and, and the challenges they faced. And I don't, that's, I just, I think it's such thing, a load really. of nonsense. With, with, with what we're discussing tonight with the footballers and the women, as I said about John Fashion earlier, look at his backstory and stuff. And it's the... The, the stuff that people have faced, do you know what I mean? Having bananas thrown at them when they the first started. Even now, they happened the other day. There was the other day there was yeah, a banana, no, no, no. Richarlison. Richarlison. Like, do you know what I mean? On. As you what said, it's 2022 20, now and there's still people throwing bananas <clears throat> at black footballers, which is just absolutely disgraceful. Do you know what I mean? And it, there should be nothing in the game. It's also ridiculous. I'm not being funny. Cel- we're got... celebrating people that have done achievements for our football club. But I've never, I've never, I've just, I've never gone to football and gone, Right, okay, I've got my keys, uh, I've got my phone, I've got my scene ticket, got my banana in case you chuck it at a black bloke. I mean, come on, it's actually nonsense. I mean, who, also, if you're taking a football snack, you're not taking a banana, surely to Christ. It's not a school day. So I just, I just, I, I find it a real, a really weird one that people have this thing around, well, if there's a black, black history day, then, you know, it's got to be white. I just, I don't understand why we can't celebrate a community. And like I said, we, we as Wimbledon at times have, have been influenced heavily by people from from different ethnic backgrounds and races, and and it's just nice to to talk about pl- for some of my favourite memories, some of my favourite players, and in my opinion, in my lifetime, Robbio is 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 up there. And, and I think Fashionu was the one person who embodied the create him and Vinny's my all time favourite footballer. He's my all time hero, but Vinny and Fashionu were on a par. Vinny was the sort of the shouty, the loud guy, the tackle, and and fashion who was hard as nails get him in the box he'll go over if you yeah. brush him with a feather said, but he was he was a real tower of strength and with that fa cup run and everything about him he just was he was the you know him him as a human being and as a person like i said take the personality stuff away he was obnoxious he was arrogant he was ignorant he was strong physical he wouldn't accept no he wouldn't take no for an answer he was never going to quit he was basically everything that we loved about our football team he was it as a person and how you, if anyone can't respect that i find a shame no, um, i, I totally agree. Yeah. like my my youngest is named after uh lyle taylor taylor's in his name because of i love lyle i love that he what he did for us uh, and as I said, I think football has to take a little pat on the back because you get a lot of, like in the movies, that the, there's, there's black people that say there's no one that represents them in movies, you know, like mm-hmm. they do, the new Mermaid's coming out and it's going to be, I think a mixed race actress is playing the Mermaid or I've, I've not really seen it, but I've heard about it. But football 
has now gone into the 20th century, there's a lot more black players playing. So if you're a young black lad, you're looking, you think, right, Zaha used to play for Wimbledon's youth team. We're probably at Wimbledon's youth, probably thinking, look, I can be like John Fashioner, I can be like Carl Gore, I can be like Jason Yule. We we Wimbledon did give the players, look, you you can come play for us, have the right attitude, do the right things well, and we'll give you that opportunity no matter yeah. if you're and white, I think, black, you know, you know what I mean? People what like Cyril Regis, who basically were trailblazers, and Luther Blizzard who played in, in at a time when people were you know were monkey chanting them and people were talking the some of the language and the way they were behaved and the way they were paid and the way they were treated was horrendous and for for you know young black players who were coming through for them to learn about and for and for us as football fans to go without Cyril Regis we you know experiencing the most vile behaviors mm. for you any any person can possibly go through to trailblaze the way for the Ian Wrights who then and, and it, it just I don't understand why people wouldn't be grateful to talk about it but going from you know Black History Month to the Black Country obviously Walsall Saturday yep I mean I mean I, I am my links by the way Lee are becoming yeah. unbelievable You're that is a link and a half um, right, Danny. so Walsall Let's talk briefly because we've only been speaking for four hours. Gutted, um, gutted. I was meant to be going. Yeah, I know. I'm meant to be going, but there's a train strike. So people that probably ain't going now, which is going. Walsall's a great, great away day. I love the ground there. The, the way in's pretty decent. You can make a little bit of noise. One of my favourite games ever is at Walsall when we won 3-2. We've got a decent track record over there. Yeah, when we were 2 0 down and we won 3 2 and uh, Taylor scored and. Uh, Dean Parrot. Dean Parrot fell off the earth, didn't he, after he got released? Big from time, us? mate. Big Such time. And he was, he. I think, did he go Over. to Gillingham? Gillingham, that, maybe Barnet, maybe. I don't know. Nowhere now. Kind of. It's a shame because I thought he was decent. Might, yeah. might have been Stephen that you went to as well, maybe. Right. But I think, I think it's a really good opportunity. They obviously won in the week. Um, they beat Northampton, which Northampton seemed to be quite a decent side. They're so I've got no doubt. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be an interesting one. I guess for me. I'll be. I'm really, really keen to see um, whether Woodyard gets any game time. He looks close. Um, I guess for me, I'll be really, really looking to to avoid defeat, just to keep some sort of momentum up. And if I feel like we're genuinely going to be turning a corner and moving in the right direction, it it's the kind of game we're going to need to nick, and we're going to need to nick it by the odd goal. Back against the wall, really solid defensive performance. You know, I think Towler's going to be busy. I think Brown, I think Gunter. I think I would go very, very would... similar teams. The only change I would have is I would definitely try and give Magoma a breather for Marsh. I think that would be the one big change that I would have um, and make sure that Hudlin gets on the pitch on I'd, Saturday. I'd, I'd, I'd start Hudlin with Davidson and have a Sal just behind the two of them. Okay. I'd, what I'd... your best chislet? I wouldn't rest him. I, I wouldn't have him near my team at the moment, unfortunately. Okay. I'd have him on the bench, but it's not resting. I just don't think he's been good enough. I, I know he bangs in, he's banged in a goal at Bradford and he banged in a goal at Crawley, but I just think he goes missing in a lot of games where Sal don't. Uh, I'd start huddling to cause issues, especially if we, we are away from home, so we, we will need to move the ball quickly up front and hopefully he can make it stick and Davison can run and put balls and we can get balls in the air to huddling. Uh, I wouldn't, Drop Paris yet? Yeah, I just don't think we have people on the bench. And if we put Marsh in, I think we go too defensive, and we're then inviting pressure, which we don't do well with. Uh, would you take a point now, Danny? Or are you looking for oh, all three? That's a really good. Do you know what? You don't ask me any good questions, but that's a good question. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I don't. Do you know what? I don't. I don't think I would. No, no. I, I think I think I would want. I wouldn't take a point and go. I think they're in a position. We're in a position. I I, I feel like. Let me have a look at what their team is like. For me, I, 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 would, I, I want to have a go at them. While you're researching, what well, for me? I just hope it's not going to be a boring game because both teams are too scared to lose. Yeah, which happens, especially at the moment. But I would I would have taken a point if we didn't have Sutton next week. Because I think Sutton might be the one where we might have to go, right, we, we might have to take a point here. But we can take a point at Sutton if we've got seven points from the last three games. Do you know what I mean? Then we've got eight from four, which puts us in a good position against other teams. I mean, but, I'm looking at them. Uh, they, don't, they don't look up to much. I mean, I'm, I'm literally looking through the team. I recognise maybe three in the whole team, Walsall. Um, so I, 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 I can't take the draw. Yeah. So I love I love it. I loved it up there when I went up. We beat him three two. Dobson played for him. He was awful for him. I gave him loads of stick and then he ended up signing for us. It was quite funny because we were right near the goal when we scored and I was shouting out, Dobbs, number two, it's your fault this is. And it, he looked like he was gonna cry at one point. But I yeah, I'm gutted because I was meant to be going, meeting my mate Buzz who moved up there. But yeah, it doesn't look like I can go now because the train's all fucked. The last train home is four o'clock if anyone is looking to go. So you're gonna to have to watch one after. Good luck to those, them. you know, to those those fans who can go. But uh, predictions then? What, what are you thinking? Two. I'll go two one Wimbledon, but still two. Yeah, two one Wimbledon. Hudlin and Asal. I don't think we're gonna. I, 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 uh, it's, it's tough because I, th- I think it's a. Re- Me and my dad were talking about it yesterday. We were like, this is actually quite a big game here because three unbeaten with Sutton at home. You beat Sutton and we've got a bit of momentum. Do you spin it? I th- I think. I think we're good enough to win, and if we play properly, we definitely don't lose. So I'm I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for three one. Wimbledon. Yeah, I think so. I think if we're gonna we're gonna find hit our straps, we're playing away. I think we're better away. We for some reason we're better away anyway. And I feel like Davison's got his two. I think he gets another one. Uh, yeah, I think I think this we've, is going to be the start be. of a run. The best bet for both teams to score, aren't we? Massively. We we concede them, but we we have got the chance to concede, uh, to score. So, yeah. No, I I feel like it's going to be a good. I think we I think we potentially, and I don't want to don't want to curse it, but I feel like we are on a we're possibly on the start of what hopefully could be a half decent run. Um, so I've, so I've got to be positive, and I'm going to say three one, and, and you can have a go at me next week. Big game next week as well. So we, we need, yeah, I think we need to go up there and show no fear, really. And yeah, as I said, anyone who's getting up there and travelling up there, good luck to yeah, you. Yeah, good luck, guys. Come on, you dons. And uh, yeah, before we end, because that was it, really, we'd just like to say a big thank you again to our sponsor, Season Master, the manufacturers of secondary glazing and bifold uh, doors. You can catch them on 01252 319670 www.seasonmaster.com family run business massive Wimbledon fans give them a shout if you need anything and uh, yeah that's it we're back Sunday for the Sunday debrief discussing everything that happened at Walsall and anything else anyone wants to discuss that's happened during the week Danny God you want balls pleasure come on you dons thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at The Wombles Had in Dream. Get involved.
by the fans, for the fans. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.